Good morning. This is Darrell Gunter, your host or for leadership on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Before we get started with today's program, we want to send our heartfelt good well, get well wishes to our dear colleague and friend and mentor, Mr. Frank Scafidi. Frank, we love you here at WSOU and at the Eyes Foundation, and we, want, we look forward to uh, seeing you back into the studio. Also, uh, today's show is going to talk about social styles and leadership, and I'm very happy to talk about this topic as my mentor and my fellow professor, uh, Professor John Hoffman. Uh, we teach here at Seton Hall Stillman School of Business and for the BMKT 4629 and BMGT 4629 Professional Selling. Um, this is a topic that John has lectured on for over 20 years. He is an expert on it. So I'm going to try to do my best with the topic um, because I think it's important that we talk about social styles and how it affects leadership or how social styles can be good for leadership. Um, before we jump into this topic of social styles and what we're going to talk about today, I'm going to define it for you. We're going to talk about the five W's and the how of why, why it's important. And we're going to give you some, some basic steps to get started. So by the end of today's program, you'll have a good definition of about what social styles are. I hope that you'll be intrigued to try to learn more about your social style and a social style of others and how it can help you to be a, a better leader. So let's, let's jump right into it. So when you think about people's behavior, uh, sometimes we don't know how to deal with certain types of personalities. Um, they might seem to be uh, a bit driven. Um, they might seem to be a bit analytical where they are asking tons of questions and they, and they need tons of answers. Or there might be the type of personality where the person is very, very expressive and they use a lot of jargon um, and they're talking a lot. And sometimes you're wondering, they're talking a lot, but what exactly are they trying to, what point are they trying to get to? Or it's the person who just wants to get along, the person who is amiable. And the question is, what is your personality style and how can you improve your personality style where your personality style can be very adaptive, but adaptive with a purpose? But also, how do you deal with the four social styles? And so let's talk about what those four social styles are. First, it's the person who's analytical, the person who is a driver, uh, the person who is amiable, and the person who is expressive. Now, let's, let's talk about the, the tough one first, the driver. They're the people who are very decisive, they're very tough, they're very candid, they're very efficient, they're results-oriented, and they're very controlled. And I guess if there was um, oxygen in a room um, and you did it by, if there was four people in a room, the driver would probably suck up about 75, 85% of the oxygen. And 
So that's very interesting about them. So when we think about the person who is analytical, they're objective, they're precise, very thorough, they're very detailed, they're very rational, very controlled as well. And then when you think about the person who is expressive, well, they're the creative types, very enthusiastic, very humorous, they're the life of the party, very energetic. They focus on the vision and they're promotive and they probably use their hands when they're talking a lot, very, very expressive. Then the fourth category is amiable. And this person is supported, very empathetic, very loyal. They're group oriented. They have a team focus and they're always sharing. So again, let's review that. You have the driver who's results oriented, the analytical person who wants data and facts. You have the person who is expressive and they're always looking for testimonials. And then you have the person who is amiable. And they're the ones who will listen to you. They're very supportive. You know, this, more, this, this, this past Thursday at the uh, John Borges uh, executive session that he does here at Seton Hall where he brings in a phenomenal speaker, uh, we had the opportunity and the pleasure and the honor to have Joe Theismann to deliver a talk. And I, I took some notes because I, I think he was saying some things that really resonated with me. And I hope they, they resonate with you. And when he talks about leadership, you know, he talks about leadership is about the people you lead. It's not about you. It's about providing the people you lead with the tools they need. And it's taking a deep responsibility for people. I mean, he broke it down. He talked about how when he was a quarterback for the Washington Redskins, if he held on to the ball too long when he was doing a, a he's back uh, doing a pass play, and let's say he got tackled, well, he didn't get blamed for uh, holding the ball too long. The offensive line the offensive tackle, the offensive guard, or the center, whoever couldn't hold their man, they got the blame. And he thought about that. If this happens many times, this person might be cut from the team or be traded. And, and what that means is that it's going to affect how he can support his family. So Joe Theismann talked about how leaders really need to be responsible because they will have they could have a positive effect or a negative effect on someone's life. And he talked about caring about people. And he says, people, he said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Let me repeat that. People don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And that is being present when you're with someone, being present uh, with them 
as they're talking to you and not looking at your phone, not looking away, not looking for the next person, not thinking about what you're going to have for lunch, but really focusing and listening, active listening to them. So when we talk about social styles, we need to understand that being self-aware and being observant is very important. So when we talk about being self-aware, being self-aware of how you're listening to someone and with your active listening is not thinking about what's the next thing that you're going to say. It's truly understanding what the person is trying to convey to you. Keep in mind that in being observant, you have to be observant about their behavior because their behavior is reality. You know, people talk about, you know, perception is reality. while watching someone's behavior is reality as well. You know, uh, one of the famous psychologists, and uh, John, forgive me if I get this wrong, I believe it was uh, Skinner or Pavlov, they said that your your particular social style is established by the age of six. However, that doesn't mean that you cannot adapt your social style and learn and grow. Because as you are dealing with different people, it's important to understand what makes them tick. As John has said over the last eight years, nine years that we've been teaching this course, and really the 20 years that I've known him and working together with John, he always talks about the golden rule. And we have always learned that the golden rule is do unto others as they would do unto you. Well, what we tell our, our students is that our golden rule is that we want to treat people the way that they want to be treated. And that's where we start to talk about how a leader needs to be adaptable versus the traditional leader who says, it's my way or the highway. You know, we're, we're all different people with different experiences and different backgrounds, and we can all learn from each other. This morning, well, not this morning, but um, when Joe Theismann was speaking on Thursday to a group of, oh, I don't know, a couple hundred Seton Hall alumni in, 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 in the new uh, Bethany Hall, which is just fabulous. And uh, congratulations to our former president, Esteban, with his vision to, to build this facility. But he talked about how he learned what team was all about. And he shared a very personal story. The personal story was that it was a time in his career where he was doing extremely well. He had already won a Super Bowl, and he felt that he was king of the mountain, and it was his mountain, and there was nobody else on his mountain. He did it all. And he was at Giants Stadium, and he was, in warm, he was warming up, and he felt good. He felt like, okay, this is going to be my night where I'm going to have a huge night. It's Monday night football. And the game was going on, and he was throwing the ball well. He was, he was having uh, some, some early success with some of his plays. 
And there was a play that was coming up that it's called a flea flicker. Flea uh, flicker. Yeah, I said that right. And for those who don't know about American football, so American football has a quarterback. And the quarterback either takes the snap uh, right behind the uh, the center with his hands uh, in the center's uh, crotch, so to speak, or he'll be in a position where they're um, in a shotgun. Well, he took the snap underneath center, and he handed the ball off to John Riggins. Now, John Riggins, people know when, when he gets the ball, typically he's going to run it. So, however, this time when John Riggins got to, to the line of scrimmage, he flipped the ball back to Joe Theismann. Now, typically on a flea flicker, the defenders think it's a running play, so they let the receivers go. And so normally the receivers would be open. However, this time the receivers were not open. He went to Art Monk. He looked there. He wasn't open. He looked to his safety valve pass. And a safety valve, a safety valve pass is when a quarterback dumps off a short pass, like for five yards, so he, they, they won't get a sack. But unfortunately, the safety valve pass was covered. The safety valve pass receiver was covered. And so he's, he started to feel pressure in the pocket that's, that's in the backfield. And he started to, I, I believe, he started to move to his right. Well, for those of you who know the Hall of Famer Lawrence Teller, Lawrence Teller got a hand on his jersey. And um, he grabbed, and Joe Theismann tried to, to run out of it. But unfortunately, uh, Lawrence Teller is very strong, and he couldn't get out the grip. Their legs intertwined, and unfortunately, Joe Theismann, he said it heard like two shotguns blasts. And that was his leg fracturing. And it was a compound fracture. It was, it was bad. It was really bad. And uh, he said it was interesting because uh, Bill Parcells, who's the coach of the Giants, immediately came on the field and, uh, and said, boy, oh, sorry about that. And Joe Theismann said, I'm, I'm sorry too. <laughs> and then his coach came up to him um, and, and, and said, oh, Wow, wow, Joe, what am I going to do? You know, <laughs> I don't have anybody like you. And and uh, Joe said, "Well, I'm sorry." And he he had us laughing because he said, "He says here I'm injured with a with a uh, a season-ending injury or career-ending injury, and I'm and I'm apologizing to people." He said, "But um, interesting enough, you know, my my leg was numb, and I guess I was in somewhat he was in somewhat." of a shock and um he got back to the hospital right away and, and the next day he's in he's, he's in the hospital and he started to reflect on on his life he started to reflect on on how he treated people and he said from there i really learned humility i really learned the importance of being humble and and respecting everybody on the team and understanding that it's not about me, it's about the we. And so the question is, when you're coming across someone in your, your where, whether it's at work, whether it's a, a for-profit group, not-for-profit group, organization, 
have all different types of personalities. And so it's important to understand that styles are people's preferences to how they communicate and how they want people to communicate to them. And there's a book on social styles from Robert Merrill um, that John has recommended. And I haven't read it yet, but I am going to read it. But I, I, I know it's a good book about social styles because you want to understand yourself and understand other people. You want to become more versatile as a leader. You want to be able to understand how do I deal with the driver and motivate them to be a better person, to be a, a better employee, to be a better customer service manager, or whatever their role might be. How do I help the person who's analytical to develop an expressive style so that when they're delivering financial reports uh, or results that they can, they can keep people's interests? How do I get the person who's very amiable, who has a lot of talent, but always stays in the shadows and never wants to come out front. How do I help them to understand their Jahari's window so that they can better develop themselves? And how can I get the person who is expressive, who never wants to know about details, who could care less about details? How can I get them to become more strategic and use details and to use their gift of being an expressive. So social styles is can be a lot of fun, can be a lot of fun. And so we've spent the last 17, 18 minutes talking about um, social styles. And you might ask, why is it important? You know, social styles it is important in every aspect of your life because it will allow you to grow professionally and personally and help understand who you are. There is another great book that I like to recommend. And I dedicate this book, uh, this, this segment of the show, to my sister, Emily Diane Gunter, who is 11 years my senior and who helped raise me and helped me to understand the psychology of people at a very early age. Believe it or not, at the age of five, she actually had me read this book called I'm Okay, You're Okay. Now, I was in the fifth grade, and we're talking about, what, 1965 or 66 or something like that. And she had me read this book. And in that book, it talked about how people take on three persona when, when, of behavior. And that book is about either you take on the behavior of an adult, of a parent, or a child. And so... The adult is always where we want to be because sometimes when things are not going our way, uh, we take on uh, the personality of a child, uh, which is not cool. It's whiny. Um, you know, it's we're the victim. <laughs> or when we take on the 
personality of the parent where it's do as I say, not as I do. Just do it, do it, do it. But the adult is where we focus on looking at things in a very rational way, communicating in a very rational way, communicating in a way where it's, it's very balanced. And so when you think about uh, social styles and you think about how do you respond to people's behavior, you know, it is about helping them to express themselves so that they will be an act so so that you will be an active listener and being an active listener you know there's some skill sets that we teach our students in our class in regards to being an active listening and also paraphrasing also giving them good verbal gestures uh nodding um saying oh i understand or asking them could you explain that a little? I understand you, you, you have the issue with Bob about this or that. Could you help me understand? Could you give me a little bit more information? And helping them to express themselves, which is really very, very therapeutic uh, to folks when they can get their uh, thoughts out and, and clear and they can communicate that. And so it's important that you develop these social styles and understand these social styles because this will allow you to then to grow beyond. I'd like to talk about the four levels of consciousness. And this concept um, also I got from um, uh, the book Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And... Um, I, th I think it's very good to understand the four levels of consciousness and to be honest with yourself about your four levels of consciousness. The first level of consciousness is when you're unconscious and competent. And this is where you just don't know what you don't know. For example, if I was to go into a French kitchen with French chefs who are speaking French, um, I am certainly unconscious and competent because I don't know what I don't know. Um, however, once I learn what I don't know and I say, okay, I need to learn how to speak French. I need to understand the basics around the kitchen and so forth and so on. And then I move up to the next level where I am conscious and competent. Now I know what I don't know, but I'm working towards to, to, to master this information. And once you master this information, you move from the conscious incompetent to conscious competent, which is cool. Now, you know, you've been around the block a few times. Uh, you understand what's going on in, in the kitchen. You, you speak French. You know the recipes. You know what your role is. And you're making a pretty good meal. And then the fourth level of consciousness is where you move to be unconscious competent. And this is where you've done it for so long and you've done it so well that you're unconscious competent. So again, the four levels of, of conscious competent. First level is unconscious incompetent. The second level is conscious incompetent. The third level 
is conscious competent, and the fourth level is unconscious competent. And so as you're, you're working to understand people and understand their style and understanding your SWOT analysis, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, and develop and work in your skills, then you're able to have more effective and successful relationships. So you might ask, okay, this is great, but how do I get started? You know, as I said, a good book to read is um, Robert Merrill, Social Styles. There's a company called Tracom Group, and they're the social intelligence company. I believe they're owned by Relics, uh, formerly Reed Elsevier. And um, you, you could take their course. Um, you, 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 could take, you could take their questionnaire. Uh, John uh, and I have been using it for 20 years. John introduced it to me. Um, way back in the day at Dow Jones where he, he uh, trained uh, my sales organization and we use it today in our classroom. And I suggest that you, 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 you take this course and I suggest that you read up on it. And um, if you have any questions, uh, you can reach out uh, to me at uh, d.gunter at guntermediagroup.com. And um, if you want to have a session with John and I, we're more than happy to, to, to walk you through it. Um, that's, that's the first way to get started. Another way is that you can, you can take a class. There's a lot of Coursera courses on this. Um, there's a lot of community uh, classes on this topic of social styles. Because as a community, the better that we can communicate to each other, then we can raise our community to a higher level. Let me also share with you some some closing thoughts that something that I've learned from my mentor, Professor John Hoffman, is that when you want to improve yourself, you have to understand what is the best practice. Secondly, to practice the best practice. Third, to get feedback from a trusted source. For example, Toastmasters, great organization, phenomenal organization. Um, They do it extremely well. If you want to improve your public speaking skills in a variety of topics, um, it is the best investment that you will ever make. And it's not expensive, which is phenomenal because they know how to show you the best practice. You practice the best practice and then they give you phenomenal feedback, which which is awesome. So in closing, let me say that you want to understand the social styles model. You want to understand what your social style is. You want to understand the social style of folks that uh, are important to you, whether they're at work, whether they're at home, um, whether they're community groups that you're involved in. Um, And there's a lot to be said about social styles. But if you start your journey, it's not a destination. It is truly a journey of growth and enlightenment. And imagine if we're able to understand each other better and we can communicate more effectively. How much more harmonious would our society be versus us shouting at each other, versus us using vulgar language, versus us um, 
really saying things that are not nice about people. As Joe Theismann said this morning, he's a half he's he's a half full cup of guy. He always wants to see the best in people and ignore what 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 might be the worst in them, but just focus on the best in people and always focus on that positive. So I hope today that through this discussion about social styles that you'll start to reflect on how you can be a better leader. Because as I say at the close of this show every time, leadership begins with you. So this is Darrell Gunter, your host of Leadership with Darrell Gunter on WSOU 89.5 FM and streaming on the net at WSOU.net. Again, I want we want to wish our dear friend Frank Scafidi. Frank, we love you and get well soon. And we look forward to seeing you back in the studio. So, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps it up for this week on Leadership with Darrell Gunter. Remember, leadership begins with you. Have a great weekend. WSOU 89.5 FM. And streaming on the net at WSOU.net.